Welcome to Elan Restoration Fellowship, where Jesus is King, HaMelech, Lord, Hashem, and Messiah, Mashiach. And now, Pastor Billy Elias. So when we talk about the menorah and we're going to talk about the angels, let's just kind of briefly go over the menorah and what the menorah meant for each church. The menorah was the foundation of the Shabbat. If you remember, the middle stem is the Shamash, the servant. From Shabbat comes all seven feast days. And the menorah was lit the holy place and remained burning 24 hours a day and seven days a week. It is a constant source of light. God says to each church, I have assigned you and made you a menorah because you are to be a light to the Gentile nations about my Torah, my Torah's observance in following the crucifixion, the death, burial, and resurrection of the Messiah that has come and died for you as foretold in the Tanakh. The old covenant. Nothing new yet. I don't know the timeline. Forgive me, I don't even know if Paul was even doing his thing yet. I really, I don't know. But I'm telling you that the, there was no church. There was none of that. These were synagogues. The buildings were actually synagogues. And he chose those seven towns in that, that region. So, one of the big debates now, now and, and I want you to understand when I first was licensed into a certain denomination and I was teaching uh, Hanukkah, I was told by one of the authorities that was overseeing this church plant that I was doing, why do I care about the menorah? It has nothing to do with Jesus. That's what I was told. Imagine my reaction when I went to Revelation chapter 1 and Revelation chapter 2 where God says to the seven churches, if you don't heed my warning, I will take my menorah back. I guess it didn't ring a bell because it is what it is. So when we come to Revelation chapter 1, verse 20. And I know I'm jumping around, but this is the best order that I felt to be able to put it in so I could teach it to you properly, okay? Revelation chapter 1, verse 20. Here's the secret meaning of the seven stars you saw in my right hand and of the seven gold menorahs. The seven stars are the angels of the seven messianic communities and the seven menorahs are the seven messianic communities. Now, the issue has arisen about the Hebrew word star and the Hebrew word angel. There are some that say it wasn't an actual angel. Okay, that it was the church themselves through the Holy Spirit of God that were being led. So in order to really get to the bottom of this, we have to go to the Hebrew. 
Now, the Hebrew word for stars, and this becomes extraordinarily important because now we get to understand what an angel is, what an angel does, right? The Hebrew word for star um, is ha-kov-havim, okay? Ha-kov-havim, ha-kov-havim, right, ha-kov-havim, right? And we see it on the on page uh, nine in your notes. Now, okay, in Hebrew, you're going to flip the page, okay? Ah, et so shrot ha ko havim. What just showed up? Something very important. Remember, the et, that's great. The et is the exclamation point because what's following is of profound importance. It says, et so shiot ha ko havim. This is the mystery of the seven stars. That means I'm about to show you something and give it to you for free because it is utmost importance for you to know how to go forward and wage war. We have unlocked part of the enemy's battle plan. And I'm giving it to you and all you had to do was look at it because I know you're never going to get it. So the second part of that verse says, Shavuot ha havim hem malachi. Now, this says, because he says, I'm going to give you the secret, the mystery of the seven stars. And the seven stars are angels. I want you to notice something. I circled the Hebrew word for star. In the first part of the verse and the second. Does everybody see it? Mm -hmm. Got it? Mm -hmm. Okay, good. Then I put a square box around the Hebrew word Malachi. That is the Hebrew word for angel. So when these people say that the stars are not angels and they take a completely different interpretation... That's because they're taking it out of context because they refuse to look at the original language that God was speaking to John. Here's the thing people don't get. There's no evidence at all in any way, shape, or form that John spoke any other language but Hebrew. And we spoke about it last week. God's not going to talk to a Jew in a foreign language of a conqueror. If you were conquered by a nation, God's not going to turn around and speak to them in that, that language, right? What was the whole story about Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego? And Daniel, they refused to bow down and stop speaking their language, worshiping Hashem, and stop keeping the Shabbat. That's what it was. So he said, well, I'm going to have to deal with you guys. That's when the Prushim came in, the Pharisees, they were good. They were the ones that kept the oral traditions alive because they weren't allowed to write it down. They kept the language alive. So if you spoke to a Jew in the conqueror's language, that was extraordinarily offensive. Something interesting. So, Shavuot ha Kohavim hem Malachi, seven stars and angels. So what we have to understand when we talk about angels is what is their job? Right. I mean, I already gave you the answer because I wrote a paragraph, but 
Angels are a divine messenger sent from God to guide men. Every time an angel shows up in the Torah and the Tanakh, it's there to do what? Guide men. To bring warnings. To bring judgment. Sodom and Gomorrah. The angel that went over Goshen in Egypt. These were messengers of life and they were messengers of death. They were messengers to warn you and messengers to bring praise and blessings to you from God himself. They never required worship. They warned people against worshiping them and they always announced themselves to the name by the name of the person they were addressing and I bring you a message. Do not worship at my feet because I am not worthy to hold the shoes or kiss the feet or do the sandals of the one whom I serve. The issue I have with the Catholicism and the massive sightings at the Lady of Fatima and others is they never announced who they were, who they were speaking to, and why they were there. It was as demonic as it comes. Yes, I said it. Yes, I went there. And yes, I don't care. You got to understand, I was thinking about it today. Why are all these kids turning to witchcraft? Right? Why are they all turning to paganism? They know that there's something wrong and they know they need something to fix it. You know why? Because they're turned off by Christendom because it's sickening. They don't want to tolerate it. You say one thing, you do the other. They want truth. Unfortunately, the thing is their passion and drive to find truth is being sucked up by people who are bewitching them. Because the church is impotent to go fight that war. So it's, what's that old saying? Birds of a feather? That's right. Birds of a feather flock together. That's exactly what they're doing. They're flocking, and that's why it's easy for them to get sucked in, because it's just Satan doing Satan. But see, this is the kind of stuff, I know it's deep, and people get mad, but this is what sets us free. Because we're seeing deep, 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 well, it's actually not even like a percent of percent of percent of the layer that God has shown us, but we're seeing deep now. We're under, see, do you understand now what John is seeing? And what he's trying to lay out for us. Now, when we talk about the word stars, right? Um, I want us to go to the first time it appears in the Bible in Torah. Genesis chapter 1, 16 and 17. You can go there. It's written there. I made it easy for everybody. But if you, if you want to go there and write your notes in the margin... Genesis chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. God made the two great lights. The larger light to rule the day and the smaller light to rule the night and the stars. God put them in the dome of the sky to give light to the earth. In Hebrew, Halayala, ha, I'm sorry, Halayala, Halayala, sorry, Vet Ha Ko Ha Vim. Mm. 
they act. You see it? You see it? Okay. So we're being told something right there. The act is what? The exclamation point before the profound bit of wisdom that God's about to lay down on us. Okay? So what he's saying here is God put them in the dome of the sky of the light to the earth. Right? To rule the night and the stars. Why is the stars so important at that moment? Because the stars give the light. The stars are innumerable. He would later say to Abram, your offspring will be like what? The stars in the sky. The night the Messiah was born, the stars were shining. And who showed up when the stars were shining? The angel, an angel of the Lord. What did he do? Behold, do not be afraid. Right away, I give you glad right. And he gives the message and says, he's here. The stars proclaimed his birth. The stars proclaimed creation. You see, when God put the sun in the, eye, uh, in the sky and the moon in the sky, what was the job of the light at this point? To bring light. That's what their job was. So literally, halayela ve'et hako ha'vim literally means midnight and the stars. So when we take the stars and we take the angel and we go to the menorah with the seven churches, what we're seeing is this. God chose those seven messianic communities, the messianic assemblies, and he gave them an assignment. You would have thought he would pick one out of Bethlehem, maybe Jerusalem, Bethel, all the great cities that we read about, well, some people read about in the Old Testament. But he didn't choose any of them. He chose Turkey. Because they were Torah observant and evangelical. And he chose them because their heart was for him at one time. So these seven churches, I want you to understand this, when John delivers his written down, completed revelation to those seven churches, they're the first ones to read it because they're the first ones that are going to get judged. You see what I'm saying? Think about it. It only went to seven churches. And I can only imagine what the seven synagogue leaders thought when that scroll came popping in and the one rabbi opened it up and read it. Think about it. I want you to understand. Like We got to think about what it looked like when that letter arrived on the front step of the synagogue. So they were in close proximity to Patmos, but because they had the influence they would have worldwide. They were called as a menorah to light the earth. Their job was to bring the light 
of the Torah-observant menorah, of the great Shabbat, of the Shabbat, of the Messiah, the Shamash, the servant, their job was to bring that light to all of the earth, to prepare those who would listen and read John's words for the age to come. And God counted on those seven churches with this battle plan. This would be the seven great armies. So when we read in Revelation chapter 1, verse 3, which is where I'm going to come to an end here, it says, Blessed are the reader and hearers of the words of this prophecy, because they obey the things written in it, for the time is near. What time? Joel tells us in chapter 2, verse 1. What time? The day of the Lord. Blow the shofar in Zion. Sound the alarm on the holy mountain. Let all living in the land tremble. For the day of Adonai is coming. It's upon us. This is the beginning. This is the beginning of the revelation. If you want to understand What's going to happen from here on out? We have to set the foundation, which is why we had to talk about the Aleph last week, which is why we have to talk about the sevens this week. Because you have to understand this is a what? New beginning. God has just opened John's eyes and gave him the secrets to say, my friend, now you will understand what it means when I come back on a horse. So we better make sure that my people are prepared. Pastor Billy will continue his message in just a moment. If you would like more information about sermon series, books, and other study materials, you can call us at 732-314-1956. Or you can email us at elanrestoration at gmail.com. You can visit us on Facebook for Shabbat and service times. And now we conclude today's message with Pastor Billy. Because if they fall asleep and I come back, it's going to be too late. And they will burn in the lakes of fire in the deepest abyss for all eternity. So it is your job, you seven churches, to be the light to men, to not let your lamp go out. Don't cover up your lampstand in your window. Keep your lanterns lit and the wicks trimmed. Be the Torah observant light that I have called you to be and do not add or subtract. It says it in Torah. It says it in the Ketuvim. It says it in the Nevi'im. And when John puts the exclamation point that Jesus says towards the end, do not add and subtract. I'm going to tell you something straight away. There's a lot of people in Christendom that have a lot to answer for. And I'm also going to say this. God's set, God has set consequence. The consequences that we are facing right now 
as a Christian church is epidemic. Why? Because we added and subtracted. We simply took our own way out of pride and arrogance. You've been listening to Pastor Billy Elias. Pastor Billy is the founder and pastor of Elon Restoration Fellowship in Toms River, New Jersey. Join us again as Pastor Billy bridges the gap between the Old and New Covenants. And as always, may the Lord bless you with peace. Peace.